Today's episode of The Watch is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Whatever you're wearing right now, Mack Weldon is better. Mack Weldon is a men's essentials brand that believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. I personally, you know, a lot of people go to Mack Weldon for underwear, but I love the t-shirts. You can't lie. <laughs> I go there for, their, for my solid colored t-shirts, which I pair with jeans. And I get lots of compliments on the t-shirts. It's t-shirt. a good, good look for Thanks, you. Thanks, man. They even have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you, no questions asked. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code WATCH. Today's episode of The Watch is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Talent matters whether you're in the writer's room or in the conference room, and nobody knows that better than today's sponsor, ZipRecruiter, which is why they've developed powerful matching technology for hiring. You no longer have to wait for the right candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them. They're tech scouts, the right talent for you, and that's why ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Our listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com watch. I need sports to have to clear the room. Stand up and walk now. Hello and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I'm an editor at TheRinger.com and joining me in the studio, he'd like to thank the Academy and his whole team. It's Andy Greenwald. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? Andy, this is a special episode. We're just introducing, we're just going to put up today the podcast version of what we did last night with Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins, mm-hmm. where we had our reactions to the, we, it was the after party. It was the our four reactions. of us locked ourselves in the ringer bathroom. We turned on all the taps and faucets. We let it <laughs> fill up and we just swam around in takes. It's all about, it's a metaphor. Uh, it's a metaphor for mm-hmm. how we're all outsiders in this podcast. No, we did talk a lot about obviously Shape of Water winning Best Picture, Guillermo Toro, Del Toro winning Best Director. Mm-hmm. But we talked about what this means for what we know about Academy voting. We also talked about some of our favorite moments from the night, some of the things we were displeased by. And we talked even a little bit about Oscars 2019, just around the corner. And I think if anyone wants a visual accompaniment to our podcast, be sure to Google (laughs) the fact that old Chris Ryan won an Oscar last night. That's right. Along with his good friend Kobe Bryant. That's right. I just hope I get that guy's nice house in the hills. It's coming for you. All right, Andy, uh, we will get into this show. It's you, me, Amanda, and Sean, the Oscars after party. And we will be back on Thursday, back to regularly scheduled programming. We're back. Let's talk about the Oscars, though. We just got through this four-hour show. We just got through multiple months of yeah. prognostications, of predictions. And we get to the end in Shape of Water, which is not what you thought it was going to be. Not to put you on the spot, but it's not what you thought it was going to be. You're really dragging out. me over the coals now. Well, I'm I, not was sure. shape, I was a Shape of Water person it's true. for five weeks, certain. And then I had people in my ear the last two days before... And uh, they convinced me that a get-out moment was going to happen. Was the, were the, was the person in your ears, did the, na- the name rhyme with Norton Neal? <laughs> no, no. I was not talking to anybody from the get-out camp, but I, I maybe it was just a wish upon wish. I was hoping that that's what would happen. We're going to get to all of it. We're going to talk about what stood out. We're going to talk about what we were displeased by. We'll do some superlatives. We'll talk about next year, even, mm, if you have ow. questions for us. Hit if you want to ask us some questions, if you have any comments, it's hashtag Ringer Oscars. Grimwall, you're chomping at the bit, because I know you've got... You're flying overhead, and you've got the perspective. That's me, man. That's what I do. Just dropping DDT on all the props. That's right. (laughs) I think that most (laughs) award shows in our collective memory are nights in search of a narrative. Mm -hmm. And for four hours tonight, this was a narrative in search of a night. I think the stronger stronger Mm -hmm. moments were Jimmy Kimmel's speech, the moment with Annabelle Shiora and Mira Servino and um, uh, uh, Salma Hayek Hayek was there. Yeah, Ashley Uh, Judd. 
and yet, while these very interesting, very overdue statements of solidarity and inclusion were being expressed from the stage, there was a parade of relatively staid and boring winners, frankly. Not just boring because I don't, we can get into whether people deserved it or not, but these were winners that had been winning all award season long. Yes. And then we got to Francis McDormand's speech. Uh, obviously, you guys know, and everyone watching at home knows, not a fan of that film. Right. But was a fan of her speech, and that felt like the summation. That felt like what the night had been building to. And it was interesting to read that while she had all the female nominees stand up, people who were in the room, like New York Times reporter Jody Cantor, said the most striking thing about that was how few people were standing up. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we have this moment of sort of transcendence and unity between everything that had been happening all night, and then Shape of Water wins. And we were reminded that when it comes, to, you know, at the end of the day, if you really want to succeed in Hollywood, you gotta gotta fuck a fish. <laughs> you can't. You can't really. Blame. I mean, like the people in that room voted for that movie. I mean, the, the, this is ultimately right. I mean, like, and it, it certainly enough people. Sure. I mean, I, once again, it's a it's a Bill Simmons axiom, but like, show us the votes. Like, I really want to see yeah. the votes yeah. this year. I would be fascinated to know what the percentages were because it felt very razor thin through the whole race. And this was kind. Of, this was sort of the least fun outcome, right? This was the one that was the most. Blah. Yeah. You know, there's not there's not a lot of narrative to build around, like Andy said. So that's unfortunate. It felt like sort of when Jordan Peele won that best screenplay we had talked sure. about in the pre-show that that could be that could indicate that Get yeah. Out might go on a little bit of a run. But in the end, it feels like that's like in the past when say a Tarantino or Matt and Ben won for Good Will Hunting. It was kind of like nice job, kid. Like, but also get him next yeah. time. Welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah. welcome to the club. Absolutely. For, it, for you, what stood out? Well, certainly the Frances McDormand moment. And I, I was very much of, I thought Get Out was going to win. I thought that that was trending for the ceremony, not just because of the Jordan Peele victory, but also because Shape of Water didn't win all the technical categories. It was nominated 13 times, and like Dunkirk was definitely in there. My ballot was doing great. The first half, I was, yeah. you know, I was kind of I was like, oh, this is great. All my predictions are true. And a silent sprinter, by the way, unlike Mr. Bragg's. Yeah, over here. well, but then he kind of took off. 20 to 24. Right. That's <laughs> but but he's counting. Right. And then, and then it kind of turned into exactly what we have seen for the past four months. It was a long night. It was long, and in a long it was year, a long night, yeah. and nothing. There were no surprises, and that's why I have this in my hand right they now. They had a. They, they did, <laughs> Jimmy did a bit in the middle, but typically what happens is like that opening. Uh, the opening segment tends to be a lot more performative. There usually is a musical segment, mm -hmm. or it's like a much longer State of the Union. Yeah. You could tell they were trying to gracefully kind of get through that State of the Union without. Upsetting anyone, which mm -hmm. is like is, is a good for me. What stood out, I think, you know, ultimately, I I personally think that the Oscars. I saw Mark Harris talking about this, but the Oscars that I sort of like are the corny parts. It is the part that is like movies are great. Here's a montage. I know Oof. you roll your eyes every time it comes through, but I like the montages. I like the a memoriam. I like the let's all give standing ovation to Rita Moreno or Christopher Walken. I appreciate yeah. the idea that this is part of a tradition that stretches back. It's the primary like pop culture export of the United States, and I, yeah. and I think it's something to be proud of, ultimately. And, and I, I appreciate the recognition of the history and the way in which they can celebrate the technical awards and the, like the craft awards that we're talking about and make it all feel like of a piece. I agree with you very much when it comes to bringing people back and making it feel like this is part of a continuum, uh, a, a, dom a very much brotherhood for a long time, and now increasingly, thankfully, a sisterhood when you have Rita Moreno on stage yeah. and you realize that this is a, there's a continuum. A lot from, of West Side Story today. Which I appreciate. Mm, the thing that I that. have trouble with, <laughs> purely watching it as a TV show, is these montages to remind us that movies are great. When it's movies, you should act like you've been there before. You're there every year. Yeah. And then they just continue to do things like, well, let's have a montage of military 
moments with Demi Moore front and center. Lieutenant Commander Joe Galloway? I apologize. I apologize to all the rewatchables heads in the room right now. Justice for Joe. I'm just saying that on a night that was already going to be challenging. Sure. To, to sort of lard it with a lot of the familiar beats felt safe to me and ultimately frustrating. Here's All right, here's my thing. You, the Oscars is four hours every year. There are montages every year. There are two or three musical performances that are boring every year. It's true. You have to, if we're gonna do this show and talk about this stuff, on, yeah. you have to accept that. So that part of it is out of our control because the show is not for hardcore cinephiles. The show is for America. Americans watch the show, so they want to give them as many things as possible that are pop. America was watching Wrinkle in Time for free across the street. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Maybe you would actually, too. can I just add, a lot of people were concerned that yeah. the Oscars got in the way of those people's Wrinkle in Time experience, yeah. and I thought that it was just a setup. Right. Like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Do you think, are you calling conspiracy? Were they watching yeah, the 20 still? Like, I'm were they just fairly about certain it? that they will be like emotionally compensated by being in the same room as I'm as sure that they will that, get to see a wrinkle a, in time. That was a bad bit. All right, and, hashtag Ringer Oscars. If you have questions for us, if you have comments of your own about how the show went, we're going to talk about who had the best night. Uh, obviously, we had some people who we were hoping to see more of out there. I think we all were pulling for Greta Gerwig. We were all pulling for more, yeah. more Get Out Awards. But who had the best night? I'm going to go with Tiffany Haddish and Maya Rudolph. A double whammy. Number one, the Maya Rudolph look, like if at some point in my life I can wear that dress (laughs) and stand and the earrings, I'm still thinking about it. Um, That came right after the bit in which a theater of movie-going people... we're greeted by like Gal Gadot and Army Hammer. And Army Hammer shooting hot dogs. Which, like, you know, I ha- I'm not a reliable narrator on that, but. Army Hammer shooting hot dogs is on It the went nose, on for a long time, mm-hmm. and it was a rehash of a bit last year, and it did kind of, it lagged. And then you jumped to Tiffany Haddish and Maya Rudolph, who had the most energy of yes, basically great. anyone on stage all night. They smartly let them funny. give away two awards, yeah. too. Um, I enjoyed that. I think you know, there are many campaigns now for them to host Oscars, run for president, any number of things. You know, I think the world movie. is their yeah. oyster now, yes, yeah. and they will start in a PTA movie, which I'm looking forward to. So I'm going with that. Okay. Sean, what about you? What was your stand what was your uh what was your best night? I feel like a lot of people met Kumail Nanjiani tonight. Mm-hmm. He did great. He, he actually yeah. had a lot of really good moments. I mean it's easy to say like Gary Oldman because Gary Oldman won Best Actor after a very impressive career, but we knew that was gonna happen. We knew that was gonna happen six months ago. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's always, the Oscars are always about people like Tiffany Haddish kind mm-hmm. of emerging, having a national moment. Kumail made a great movie in The Big Sick. He was nominated. He didn't have any chance to win, but in one of the montage segments and then also in his presentation segment, he was great. He was really funny. He was true to himself. And I, I, I can sense the text from my mom. It's like, I really like that Kumail. Yeah. You know, like, exactly. it's coming. Yeah. Exactly. What do you think? Kimmel. I thought Jimmy Kimmel was really excellent throughout the night. I think he had a very high degree of difficulty on this show, not only because the winners were apparently all foretold ahead of time, so there wasn't that energy to play off of, but also this was a very heavy moment in the industry, and he addressed it immediately at length with a seriousness that actually surprised me. But he managed to sort of lightly tap dance through a lot of minefields. He went right at a lot of stuff right at the beginning. He said the president's name. He said Harvey Weinstein's name. He said what he wanted to say about those things, and then continued to host a very... Well, I won't say the show was quick, but when he was on stage, <laughs> yeah. his jokes he were... He keeps it breezy, he it, keeps it light, he keeps it moving. Very yeah. fleet of foot. It, yeah. it, it's an amazing... I was very impressed by it. It was a... It, woke Kimmel is one of the pretty impre- more impressive things to come out of the last two years, in my mind. Uh, for a movie that a lot of people had a lot of problems with, rightfully so, I really appreciated the speeches from Sam Rockwell and Frances McDormand. Yeah. I thought that they... 
appropriately captured the, what the once in a lifetime feeling that it must be to win. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I thought I really was touched by Sam Rockwell shutting out Philip Seymour Hoffman at the end of his speech. And Francis McDormand, I, I, I often think about the Dallas Buyers Club run that Matthew McConaughey went on, where by the time he yeah. got to the Oscars, yeah, he peaks too soon. All right, all right, all right. And like all the stuff was just like so codified that we were like, yeah, this is just like yeah. greatest hits. We're just, we're sitting here with the Hotel California. But Frances has been on the same kind of run. She's won almost every award that you can possibly win. And she got up there and had very timely references to Chloe Kim. She had yeah. us all Googling yeah. inclusion writer. Yeah. And she she crushed it with the speech. Should we so, explain that? So yeah, we've now learned from yeah. Twitter that this is basically saying that you would contractually obligate the people who are paying for the movie to hire a percentage of cast and crew that are people of color or female. Yeah. And that, that it is important for people with the power to do so to put it in writing because the goodwill and just sort of backpatting and hoping that this changes has clearly not been enough. Now, Andy, we've talked a little bit about our MVPs, but there was an MVP that rose out of social media tonight. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> yes, there was. Uh, our buddy Sam Esmail did tweet at one point about the Kobe Bryant win. And, oh, dear. And uh, it was the guy Glenn, whatever his last name was. It really doesn't matter. Because <laughs> he is, was it Glenn Ryan? Uh, it's really just worth saying. It's, okay. it's my looper, apparently. <laughs> if, if Logan went home empty-handed, but old man Logan Ryan, old man Chris, gray beard with adamantium claws, what, can we throw oh, that up there? No, wait. Oh. What's the, no. What are we talking about here? Glasses? <laughs> Congrats yeah. to Kobe Bryant First of all, and old Chris Ryan I on the roster. I didn't tell you this at the time, but two it's of my beautiful. best friends actually did text me. And this is the like, new that watch. That's Chris our Ryan. new logo. Yeah. I think I'd come it's out on really, top of is that. that a, is that a Photoshop of me into this guy's face? No, that's the old the, guy. That's really him. Yeah. He's amazing. Like you. Chris, you just <laughs> like you. Took the old filmmaker for yourself. That was a great look by you. Now... That's creepy as hell. It's just, it's just two Philly natives hosting a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrific. It's That's a beautiful right. moment. Wow. Bellissimo. Congratulations. Uh, okay, thanks a lot, guys. Oh, wow. Thanks, Sam. Um, let's talk a little bit about what people are saying on the social media. We, oh, we all love social media. And uh, <laughs> we got a couple of questions here. Um, the Smurf the on Periscope wants to know, who had the Dion Waiters Award? This is a Rewatchables Award. Sorry, Amanda. Is this For, a heat check uh, one? It's a heat check okay, acceptance great. speech. So who went went beyond really what we expected from them? I think there's there's two candidates for me. Mm. Okay. One is um the fellow with the rolled up sleeves. Yes. Mm. And, yeah, the, uh, and the Max Headroom sure. sunglasses yeah. and the yeah, the Adidas sneakers. He seemed as if he had been having a good time before mm -hmm. the ceremony. And then the second is Mark Bridges, who won for best costume design and wrote very early on, yeah. sensed that the jet ski moment yeah. was available to him and got in there in 36 seconds. Really smart. And, and was so efficient with his time that no one after him even attempted. That's right. No and one made the play for it. Also credit him for actually coming out on the jet ski at the yeah, end. Totally. I'm not sure that I would have in that yes. moment. No, if you are a costume designer, you work yeah. long hours, you work with your hands in a dark room, you don't get much glory. And if someone says, please ride this purple jet ski in with front Helen of Mirren. a billion people with Helen yeah. Mirren, there is only one answer. What do you think would have happened if Gary Oldman had just walked up on there and just been like jet ski and then walked off because he loved to win it? And then Gary Oldman rode out during Shape of Water's moment on a jet ski. It would have been a Mary. better speech. Iconic. So. That's, that's what we needed. I think we would have been talking about that a lot yeah. more. Yeah. A couple mo more comments from Facebook. Frankie Rodriguez on Facebook wants to know, is Kobe now the GOAT? No. Nope. What was Roger Sherman's tweet that we want to share with everybody? He, he was the first winner of the... He, he's, he now owns... There's an EGOT, which means you're the winner of an Emmy. A yeah. grand, and Rita Moreno has an one, Oscar right? and a Tony. Rita Moreno famously is a, an owner of an EGOT. Roger thinks that there should be an LMFAO, <laughs> which I believe is for the Larry O'Brien MVP yeah. trophy. Yeah. 
the MVP of the league, the Oscar. finals MVP, yeah. and the All-Star Game MVP, and an Oscar. I think that's... So the LMFAO is a new award, <laughs> and now every basketball player has to try to get one. Yeah. Andy, uh, John Pulis on Twitter wants to know which award will we regret the fastest? So this is like oh, I love this looking question. back. I don't, you know, there's regret and there's forget. And I think right. it's important to distinguish between the two because I, with all due respect, do think we'll probably forget about Shape of Water in the that's... years to come and we'll remember some of the other movies here. But is there anyone in here who's just like, man, we're going to regret this one? That's that's the one. I mean, I just think that there, this was a, a broad field of nine nominees. And I think that other than Three Billboards, which was an abomination, I think there were eight movies that were fine, mm-hmm. you know, ranging from fine to truly great. And I think that Shape of Water is a very, very strange and very, very safe choice. Um, as we said in the pre-show, it is essentially a movie about loving movies, which is probably why we all should have seen it coming a mile away, because mm-hmm. those movies tend to win. But um, Unless they're La La Land. Yeah, unless, except right, for La La Land. Which is, gave us the shock on many levels that yeah. we're still, we were still desperate, we were hoping would repeat itself right. on also, some level tonight. Let's like remark upon how amazing, even more so, the Moonlight win is in the afterglow right. of yes. the shape so of the So if it's win. not actually this Absolutely. new shift, it's such an anomaly, It's an right? incredible moment. Right. It's a, 10x an incredible moment yeah. in Oscar history. What about you? What are we going to regret? Uh, I don't think anyone's necessarily going to fully regret giving Sam Rockwell an Oscar, but I feel like he's in a movie that's coming out later this year called Backseat, that is about Dick Cheney, and he plays George Mm -hmm. W. Bush in this movie. It's directed by Adam McKay. Mm -hmm. And it feels like the movie that he should have won for already, even though I haven't seen it and don't really know anything about it. And I can see a moment where, like, usually people tend to get Oscars for previous roles and in their makeups for Mm -hmm. something that happened. And I I have this weird premonition that we're going to be like, he should have got it for this one. Or maybe he'll get a second one for that one. For you? Regrets? I think we'll regret all the movies that were excellent this year that didn't win. Get Out only won one award. Lady Bird won none. Mm-hmm. Phantom Thread only won one for costume design. There were a lot. It was a really great movie year, yeah. and, and we all really enjoyed a lot of those movies. And for the most part, they went unrecognized, and yeah. that'll be a bummer. I think. And, and, and I think it's also worth noting that of those finalists, I mean, I think Lady Bird is close to perfect film that will launch a, a, a fantastic career. Um, and I think that, you know, Call Me By Your Name is a, is a beautiful movie that was loved by many people. I think that Get Out is a phenomenon and a worthy phenomenon um, and will be talked about for many years and will be remembered as the movie of last year. And Phantom Thread, I think, is a masterpiece. Yeah, so yeah. Shape of Water, it, it just... I, I was playing around a little bit with this idea that if this is, in fact, Daniel Day-Lewis's last performance and we look back in 10 years and it was just sort of like this Gary Oldman thing that was a layup for a Best Actor or yeah. at least nomination. That's true. But we're going to look back at the the performance that Dale Lewis gave in Phantom Thread and just be like, how are we even talking about this not getting a Best Actor? Yeah. It's not like he hasn't had his chance at awards. I think if I had a big regret, and we have a lot of people on social media sort of saying the same thing, it's just that Lady Bird was my favorite movie of the year, and it's a shame that it didn't get recognized in any of the categories it it was nominated. Maybe it's worth just taking a cue from Greta Gerwig herself, who I I can't imagine this was performance, because she was seemed... Overjoyed to be there, legitimately thrilled. Yeah. Every, her reaction shots were the best of the evening, I would say. She yeah. leapt to her feet when she didn't win Best Director. Um, and one way I, I used to look about the Emmys is the fact that the Emmys, you know, they're insane and they throw out awards to mm-hmm. many undeserving people and it seems almost random. You celebrate when people get invited. You know, you sell, that's recognition. Sure. It really is. It's hard to remember that sometimes. That's what Jimmy says at the beginning of the show. He's just like, you guys made it. We heard, we're here. Yeah. I, I think that what we might remember is that this was the night Jordan Peele went for the first time. Timothy mm-hmm. Chalamet arrived for the first time. Greta Gerwig was at the ceremony for the first time and the first of many times. Uh, 
Amanda, did Lady Bird, and this comes from uh, from Twitter, Zach Paclabas, did Lady Bird actually deserve any awards that it missed on, or should it have just been happy to be nominated? I, it absolutely deserved all the awards. What is this happy to be nominated <laughs> bullshit? Like, of course. It's I a definitely fantastic think, movie. I, I think Lori it's perfect. Definitely, yeah. Lori, I think that there's a real case for Saoirse Ronan. Um, I, I think that screenplay is really wonderful. Phenomenal. It's, I thought it was a pretty perfect movie. I, I think it is deserving it, so are other movies. You yeah. know, I don't think that this happy to be nominated stuff. No, like I want Greta up there. She'll be back and she will. It's funny though, because we, we won't, I think Frances McDormand won because people wanted to see Frances McDormand talk. And that proved to be yeah. a useful insight. By the same token, I think it would have been fun to watch Greta talk. Watching Greta uh, give, yeah. a, give acceptance speeches on this tour has been amazing. It's been great. I mean, she is genuinely thoughtful and grateful that you don't usually see that. You know, there's nothing I, overly measured about do it. Do you think that we got robbed of any other? Was there an acceptance speech out there that should have happened that we didn't get a chance to hear? I would have loved to have heard Jordan Peele take Best Picture yeah. and talk. I mean, he, I, I have a sense that he was saving something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. a great writer, and yeah. he, there was a moment there to deliver. Yeah, I remember when, I think it was Pulp Fiction, Tarantino went up there, and he was like, I probably, I'm not going to win again yep. tonight, he, he so burned, I'm going to yep. do my whole bit now. And uh, I wish, you know, it's, it's, it's fortunate that Jordan didn't get to rip one off there. I think it's hard to, and I hope no one is, making Guillermo del Toro a villain here because no, he, no. you know, gave wonderful speeches. He's a very talented filmmaker. He's a great filmmaker. But one thing that he said in his speech that sort of pushed me back a little bit is when he said that for anyone out there hoping to make um, genre films that can express real stories, like the door's open for you. And I'm like, that door has been wide open for 10 years. Sure. Right. How about people make real stories mm -hmm. that don't need fish metaphors, you know what I mean? <laughs> but for real, because if you look at what he had, the, my frustration with that movie, and, I, and I'm sorry I'm dinging it a lot, he, had a, he did have a fairly robust budget to create this world. He had a lot of talent, not huge for not Hellboy 2 money. It's actually fairly cheap by his standards. By his standards. Yeah. But he did have a lot of resources. He certainly had an incredible cast. And you look at what he did with it, whereas you look at what Greta Gerwig did with her relatively modest budget, and you look at what Jordan Peele did, and I think those were more impressive feats. Yeah, it's hard when you're measuring these things, you know? I, I think it, I just don't like, there's a lot of moments in Oscar history where people win big awards for like their fourth best film. Yes. Or their sixth best mm -hmm. film. Yeah. And Guillermo del Toro, I know you guys are not a fan of beasts or creatures of any kind, but he is a master filmmaker. And I think this is like, at best, his fourth best movie. And Name him. Hellboy 2 is good. Uh, I think it'll be Devil's Backbone. Okay, I'm okay. just Hands Labyrinth. Taking this yeah. again? Hello? My favorite part of Lady Bird is... We can keep moving. Um, but the point being, you, you want somebody up there for their very best film. Like, it's what's exciting about Greta is she's going to make 10 more movies, right. 20 yeah. more movies. All about Sacramento. Yeah. Possibly. Just the first <laughs> four, she said. Right, and then she well, might expand can I to back Davis. on you just not to get off of Guillermo because he did win and he does deserve our respect for that. But do you think that, uh, and this comes from YouTube, Matthew Munhall wants to know, when will PTA win a career capping Oscar? Would you... Oh. Have been disappointed Aww. if he had won tonight. And like, you know. No, no. <laughs> what? No. I almost feel like I love Phantom Thread, but for him not to have been recognized for some of his other films feels, you know. I would have been fine with it. Sure, I know. I would have, I, I, I would have been fine with it. I think I'm just he, trying to just yeah. start the conversation. I get it. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't yet, he is basically in the place where Guillermo was, I think, in 2007 when Pan's oh. Labyrinth was nominated. Okay. Which okay. means we're probably 10 years away from people finally saying, this guy. From the one PTA's Tiffany Haddish, Maya Rudolph, Seriously. wacky God, comedy. Lethal Weapon 5. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back to talk about Oscar superlatives, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode of The Watch is brought to you by Hulu's Looming Tower. Hulu just released a new original, The Looming Tower, based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning book by Lawrence Wright. This limited series traces the rising threat of Osama bin Laden 
and how the rivalry between the FBI and CIA may have set a path for tragedy of 9-11. The Looming Tower is available now only on Hulu. Today's episode of The Watch is brought to you by Yahoo! March is here! Which means there's only one thing that matters, and that's your bracket for the NCAA tournament. Yahoo Sports Tourney Pick'em is the best place to fill out your bracket all through the Yahoo Fantasy app. Joining a public group is easy, or you can create a group and play with your friends, or you can play with Draymond Green, no joke. And you can play in his group and have a shot at winning 25 grand. Don't know your college hoops? Choose one of the autofill brackets, or you can just pick the coaches with highest winning percentages, or you can pick party schools like Arizona State, or you can totally rebel and pick the least popular picks. There is no wrong way to fill out a bracket in Yahoo Sports Tony Pick'em. Don't miss out on March Madness. Get your bracket in before the games tip off on March 15th. Okay, we're going to do some Oscar superlatives. Hand out a couple of awards for what we thought from tonight. If you guys want to jump in, and add yours, your Oscar superlatives, but by all means, hashtag uh, Ringer Oscars. By the way, I'm Chris, this is Amanda, this is Sean, and this is Andy. We're hanging out with you here after an Academy Awards that was mildly surprising for our ballots, but for the most part was what a lot of people expected. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of these Oscar superlatives. You guys just jump on it. Did you have a favorite crowd reaction, Greenwald? Yeah, I would like to say that I am very pleased to watch Meryl Streep's continuing evolution into our, the new Jack Nicholson. I think she's reliable mm-hmm. for bits. I thought she was great with Tiffany, uh, said that I'd like her to be my mom. I thought she was great when Jodie Foster suggested that she had been kneecapped by her. And she she's also, reliable. Frances McDormand, when she was trying to get everyone to stand up, said, great. Meryl, if you do it, everyone else will. <laughs> and then the God bless Meryl got right up Always. and so did everyone else, yeah. which was savvy so on game. both their parts. Always yeah, I, I have to it. shout out somebody for best crowd reaction okay. uh, that has been a, a, one of my favorite parts of this award season. And, and you know, a lot of the times we talk so much about awards that these characters start to take on a life of their own within our mm-hmm. sort of elitist circle. Is it Timmy? No. Oh. It's it's got I gotta say what's up to Leslie Bibb. Because it's been <laughs> yeah. it's been a couple months with Leslie. And you know, she's up there with my wife Amanda Pete as a character thing from the stage that just makes the most out of that. Well, like couple seconds that we get to spend with her every night. Yeah. And she had the fortune of just like constantly like kind of being like this over Francis McDormand's shoulder all night. It was just like <laughs> to be fair, it bib. To be fair, Joe Cohen was going the opposite direction, yeah. thus creating yeah. a void. But for us, true Talladega Knights fans. Yeah. It's just been amazing to see Bib on this journey, lapping the competition. So thanks, shout out to her. So happy for her. Did you have a favorite crowd reaction? Mm, I enjoyed uh, Jimmy Kimmel trying to get weed from Steven Spielberg. (laughs) That was was useful. And Kate Capshaw just icing him in that moment. Yeah. That was pretty good. I think it was maybe like a little, like 5% too much Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. I'm all, I'm, I think Here he's, he's yeah. got to be a little cautious. Are we sure right? Hamilton is good? No, I didn't wow. say that. <laughs> I did not say that. But I think in the run-up to Mary Poppins Returns, we're going to a spoonful of sugar, you know? <laughs> not a barrel. <laughs> Crowd reactions? Chalamet. Yeah. What a, what a year for him. What a yeah. life, really, when you think about it. And he just... He was there a lot, and then, of course, Army was kind of just over his shoulder, which I enjoyed, mm. but just the open heart, the enthusiasm, yeah. the all-white. We have can't a, wait for a special question for you from oh, Frankie great. Rodriguez. Okay. How does Amanda feel about Army Hammer with the hot dog cannon? We can talk about the most memeable moments. Frankie, from thank you so much for asking. <laughs> uh, it's a complicated situation. It's not kind of what I would have wanted for him on this yeah, night. You yeah. know, it's not where on the list. It, it's not what I would have <laughs> written myself. 
thought he looked quite good. I yeah. just really have to say it. And when he and Gal Gadot were presenting together, I, as everyone here will attest, she I peaked. was yeah. quite overwhelmed. That was, that was and the... I wished them well, and he sold it. He did the best he could with the material, which is all you can say of an actor. Red velvet tuxedo it is was... virtually impossible to pull off. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, but not on that man. He, he, he Would you rather be buried in a red velvet tuxedo or the Mahershal of full black joint yes. that's just like almost a turtleneck but has a collar? I can't pull off either of those things because <laughs> like, if you take the red velvet, you probably look like a movie usher. And if you take the all black, you look like you're a, a, a Paul oh, Bear. Oh, yeah. And so you, you don't really want to be... You're looking right at me. Yeah. Yeah. Can I throw a hypothetical? What if you just take the sleeves up a little bit on both of them? I know. Yeah. Take right. sleeves Get are going to be so yeah. strong. Some yeah. shell toes. Yeah. Uh, Greenwald, who do you think was the best dressed? Lupita. I know, I know you're just like, who? Lupita. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've had that answer locked in looking for two and a half hours. Yeah, thank you. Good, good pick. Come on. She looked incredible. Love the glasses. Big uh, night for glasses, Chris. How'd you feel about yeah. that? Oh, it was great. It was lo lovely to see so many people just in, you know, embracing their, their faulty vision. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Neither is being a 71-year-old short animated director. Oscar winner, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Lead with that. <laughs> who did you think was the best dress? Maya? Yeah, besides Maya. Maya's my number one. I think you really have to hand it to all the men in Velvet. There was a real yeah. Velvet moment, and it's very hard for me to personally resist. Mm. Um, even Michael Strahan yeah. in Gray Velvet on the tree show? I didn't think that was working <laughs> yes, so well. Well, you know, everyone's trying. Okay, it's Oscar night, we're doing our best. Sean, sartorial uh, yes. expert that you are. I saw some fellow who won one of the technical <laughs> categories was wearing a, a, a midnight blue tux, mm. peak lapel, oh, yeah. black lapels. It was dynamite. I don't know who that, that gent was. I got to track him down. Not a fan of the bro with the man bun. Who won Best Live Action mm. Short Film? Well, those yeah. those two kids seemed like they were like way it's too uh, hot to just be making live yeah. action. They seem like paid actors. No yeah. disrespect to their craft. <laughs> I'm sure they're wonderful filmmakers, but they seemed like the kind of people who had like a GoPro vlog about all the cool places they visit. <laughs> did they thank Indiegogo? I think they did. <laughs> did they? Yeah. Um, who did you think was the most prepared? Um, well, that's a tough question because. I think generally every nominee, every winner was prepared. You know, they had all yeah. expected to win. I think that maybe, I, I guess what I would say is Jordan mm -hmm. Peele because I don't think he was expected to win. I think he had a, certainly had a, a puncher's chance. And in his moment, he was probably holding back a little bit, but he was pointed, concise, and moving and appropriate. I thought he did a really good job. Everyone else had way too much time to prepare. Anybody else that you felt like was exceptionally well prepared? Rockwell really landed yeah, the moment. Yeah, he did a nice I job. mean, we've talked, Francis McDormand and Rockwell mm -hmm. both have done this a lot. I have not, I really hadn't enjoyed any of Francis McDormand's speeches until now, and she should get credit. I was moved by that. But Rockwell really, he had clearly thought about it and knew what he wanted to say, but also managed to make it be in the moment and emotional. And I guess it was like, let's end up crying a lot. Not to steal a yeah. bit from Dan Lebitard, but can we throw up a poll about, do you think Francis McDormand actually likes snowboarding? Hmm. That's a really good question. I think that's really. I don't. Do you think, or did she was she like? Does this sound cool? You're doing the Lord's work tonight. Do you think she like searching hashtag I'm names sure for she, like I'm what? I'm sure that someone was like, "Hey, Fran, watch this," and she's like, "Wow, that, that's cool." Yeah, and yeah. then like does and this for a minute, like, and then was like, <laughs> and "I'm gonna, gonna yeah, right write after, that down." Okay, sure. She writing everything longhand. Is that your vibe? <laughs> that's right. It's like a big pen yeah. and um, just a dream. Biggest surprise. It was a lay of very few surprises. Is there any surprises here? Yes, a huge surprise. Great, awesome. Are we saying Blade Runner 2049? <laughs> Are we all doing that? that? Can we get up a poll? Because <laughs> I don't know anybody who's been doing that. That was a surprise. Yeah. By the way, um, subcategory on that. Oh, wow. Blade yeah. Runner 2049 being a multiple Oscar winner. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really like that movie. I was 
I was. I remain surprised that Roger Deakins on his 14th nomination. With the vibe of a drug dealer for, at Monday. Well, Wait, come on. I have a related I, surprise, which is just how good Roger Deakins looks in formal wear. I, I was not aware. I want to, I'm going to set you up for that. I just yeah. want to say, like, I, I don't know why he was the favorite going in. He certainly has deserved it for 13 other times. And I like that movie. That movie did not do well by any standard. Mm-hmm. It was, did not seem to be in the memory, yet it won two Oscars, and it got him the award that has long eluded him. It's not a powerhouse category this year. I think there were a couple of people that had already won before. Obviously, Rachel Morrison's nomination was historic, but I think a lot of people, I wouldn't be shocked if she was nominated for Black Panther yeah, next year. Absolutely. I mean, she's, right. she's also at the beginning of a huge career. Um, I don't, you know, he's just, he's just the classic it's time guy. They're where the, the, the number of nominations pile up and you just give it to them for their most recent work once enough people have been saying, God, why, how does he not have one yet? Yeah. We'll be back to talk about our biggest disappointments of the night. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode of The Watch is brought to you by Microsoft Surface. When looking for a laptop, why not consider one with a powerful processor? The new Surface Pro is built for speed and has a battery that lasts all day, so you can watch up to 13 and a half hours of video without needing to charge. Say hello to getting more done and having a great time doing it. The Surface Pro is light enough to go anywhere you want with options for a removable keyboard in lots of new colors. Its touchscreen display responds to your fingertips with great resolution too, and it also works with your iPhone. The new Surface Surface Pro is the lightest, most powerful Surface Pro ever. All right, guys, we are back to talk about our biggest disappointments of the night. Do you have anything that's sticking in your craw? Well, it was it was really long. It was I I know that Sean's like it's always this long. It's not always a full four hours, and (laughs) it felt the the lack of surprises. Yes, just felt. It, it it was very long. And then at the very end, I my hopes were let down. I got my hopes up. I really did think Get Out was going to win. I was excited about Get Out winning. I thought that would be a fun moment. And that did not happen. And we are the No Creatures Corner, so... I know. Eh. Tough night for us. What yeah. about you? I really wanted Johnny Greenwood to win for Phantom Red. Mm-hmm. And I... You know, Alexandra Dustblot is a very gifted composer who already has an Oscar, and this is not his best work. And... That I should have known when that happened that oh. the Shape of Water moment was coming. Also, it just like shows the scope of Johnny Greenwood's abilities. Like yeah. it's not atonal Philip Glass stuff from There Will Be Blood. It's just this. It's beautiful. This lush, it's romantic moving. music. Yeah. It's Spock. Yeah, yeah it's, it's gorgeous. Uh, what about you? Most well, displeased? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just wish that there had been more jolts of electricity and surprise. You know, Tiffany Haddish was great. That was a great moment. Um, Frances McDormand was great, but. You know, you're right, Sean. I mean, this is not a show for cinephiles. This is a show not just for Americans, but for people who like to watch entertaining TV that's unpredictable in an age when we can usually just watch things whenever we want. And so this is the time we are all watching, like the Super Bowl when the Eagles won. I don't know if you remember that, Sean. What? There. Did that happen? <laughs> it's true. From Philadelphia? Um, from the Philadelphia oh, Eagles. Wow. I think we were yeah, all in the same room. That was a good moment. Just um, wanted to take a second. But there were not enough of those moments on Tonight of All Nights. And I'm sorry. I just, just remember. Because they called it a touchdown. It's like next segment. Should we go to the next segment? Anyway, I'm... I'm I am bummed out that Shape of Water won. Ultimately, I'm not disappointed that Sam Rockwell and Frances McDormand won for a movie that I detested because those are worthwhile people and actors who deserve to be have won. And people don't remember, ultimately. Right. In very few cases do they remember right. the particular role that these great actors won their trophies for. Um, but there was opportunity there to not just reward Get Out for its cultural significance, but for the fact that it was a truly great movie in a genre that is often overlooked. The degree of difficulty in that film, I mean, I know I'm the last person to say this, but was... Just astounding to succeed on so many levels to so many different people and to be on that stage. It, it, 
It should have gone over. It should have, it would have foretold, I think, really exciting things for not just the future of movies, because that's happening regardless, but I think for the future of the Academy. My biggest displeasure, and it's really just piggybacking on what you said to open the show, which is this idea that this is still a very opaque process. And 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 it's what Bill yeah. was saying, it's what you were saying about, I kind of wish we had a little bit more transparency about how the voting worked, about what people were voting for, about the numbers. Did, did, did Shape of Water get 51%? Mm -hmm. Did something else actually you know get knocked off in shape of water is the get out that we thought mm -hmm. get out was going to be mm. so i guess you know i love reading about these awards shows and i love reading about these end of years end of year movies and how we talk about them and how we rank them and how we place them and i wish there was a little bit more clarity about so that it didn't feel like we would get to something like this and be like ah i don't really understand how this happened there is an important point to make though the shape of water feels like in the aftermath of moonlight like a regression or like a return right. because to the artist it, in part because yeah. of what andy's saying because the movie is right. about movies and it is very self-referential to the history of movies it's still a really strange movie i mean it's really when you stack it up yeah. against the winners over the course of the last 30 years i mean we've made the fish sex joke 150 million times at this point but it is True. true. That really it, happens. It is a very yeah, peculiar story. And if this if this were 1987, this conversation would have been about Darkest Hour in the Post, and it's not. And that is something I think to just glaze over that is to build a, a, like a narrative of despair that isn't true about yeah, what's sure. going on in movies. I, I, right I think that's a point. very good and very fair point. It's just so odd that in a year where people have been talking so much with good reason about representation, that ultimately a a sort of twisted romance from the mind of a a nerd. I mean, I think Guillermo del, del Toro would admit that that's who he is. He comes from that culture, that that wins. Very personal vision. Mm -hmm. Very <laughs> odd vision, but it's disappointing. We have a lot of questions about, about Shape of Water coming from social, and we're going to take your questions and comments in just a second. It's hashtag Ringer Oscars if you want to ask us something. There is something I did want to ask the group here, which is, what would we be saying if Three Billboards had won? The, the Vegas I mean, favorite. It was acknowledged for its acting awards. Is Shape of Water almost a kind of consolation prize so that we are not now having this debate about yeah. three I was literally about to yeah. say at least three billboards didn't win. Right. I mean, you know, that would that was a real possibility. You picked it, and we would be having a very different conversation. And I think, you know, we all know how Andy feels, and a lot of people feel different ways about that movie, but no one really thinks it's the best. And to your point, Shape of Water is a weird movie about fish sex, which like I, I don't really need, but someone did. At least there is something notable about it, something to talk about. It's it's not worst case. It's not worst case. Do you think case. it would have felt really incongruous if it if, if three billboards had won? I think there's a way to stitch it into the narrative. Sure. I mean it's a story about a, a strong woman seeking revenge. It's you know, strange. I mean like we like sure, there's not right. a lot of dispute for Rockwell and Francis, right? So right. I mean it would have been an interesting conversation. I think we would have had a very different show had yeah. that one. We yeah. would have been crankier, it would have been a little <laughs> bit more intense. Table. Right. All right, we want to take some of your questions and hear some of your comments from social media. So Hasin Alam asks, uh, what do you think the a del Toro shape of water win indicates going forward? I'm just gonna specify. Oscars change people's careers. Oscars get people more funding, maybe get their pro personal projects. Now, Guillermo del Toro has always mixed the deeply personal yes. with the, at least the potential for mass appeal. Yeah, Pacific Rim and... What's next Pacific. for him? What do you think? Do you, do you think he just continues to make... Is there a dream project for him? He's making a movie. It's called Nightmare Alley. It's a remake of a movie from the 80s, and it's like pure pulp exploitation genre. It's mm. pure... It's, he's just Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. I mean, he... His whole career is, can I get enough money to make as big a story as I want to tell? And that doesn't just mean like a sort of financial story. The Shape of Water, in and of itself, 20 million bucks for that movie is a big risk because it's so weird. 
And he keeps finding ways to compel people. I want to make a gothic romance set in a castle. I want to make a movie where robots fight dragons. I want to make a movie about a, mm-hmm. a demon superhero. Like, he finds ways to do this. So I, I don't know if this really changes his career because he's already so established, but it does give him the, the patina of greatness. Yeah. Well, here's the question. Does this increase the thinking that I'm sure had already existed? or but Does this make this more of a pressing issue for film companies to get Ryan Johnson, to get Ryan Coogler to get these people who are doing good work in the biggest tent to do their side projects for them and push them as prestige films. Do you know what I mean? I, Ryan Johnson Dave, did I Looper. Mean, Del Toro's did, been flirting with that forever. I mean, right, he's but, been, I'm saying, yeah. but I'm saying to that idea of like you take the genre thing and you put the, you put the, the, the fancy gloss on it and now mm-hmm. the, suddenly this can be an Oscar movie. Is, is that what's it's, coming? It's, po- it's certainly possible. I, I, I think that would be fun, frankly. I think it would be much... It was so much more fun having Get Out at the Oscars this year, and we've never really had that before. I mean, I guess you could make the case that The Exorcist was sort of like that, or Silence of the Lambs, but even those movies seem more quote-unquote prestigious than Get Out. So it's possible that there'll be a turn to that. Amanda, Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler Gary says, I think Get Out will easily be the most remembered film in five to ten years. Um, Bill, our our boss, Bill Simmons, we just did the 2013 Oscars where we talked a lot about those films five years later in some Mm -hmm. ways... We're still talking about Zero Dark Thirty, it, you know, not necessarily in purely glowing terms, right. but we are talking about it in a way we're not talking about Argo, right? That's uh, true. What do you think we will be talking about five years from now, ten years from now, about what what, what movies from this from this crowd? Was right. there even a movie from this year that didn't get recognized for an Oscar that we might be talking about? Well, I think Tyler's right in that Get Out is the number one movie. I think <clears throat> we'll be talking about Lady Bird a bit more. I think we will be talking about Phantom Thread. Well, certain people will be talking about The four of us <laughs> we'll will be, be talking, talking about, about Phantom Thread tomorrow and for the rest of our lives. I think to movies that were nominated, I'm going to do it. It's my I have the the floor right now. We'll be talking about Wonder Woman, we'll be talking about Girls Trip, we will be talking about yes. Yeah, I think there are plenty. I don't know that we'll be talking about Shape of Water that much. I don't think so. But I think it, what's interesting about a lot of the movies that you pointed out is it, start, it feels like the beginning of a lot of people's stories. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the beginning of Gal Gadot's story mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It's uh, a huge moment for Patty Jenkins. Chalamet. You know, Timothy yeah. Chalamet, huge moment for him, huge moment for Saoirse Ronan, who was already pretty established but now is like a famous person. Um, so I, I think that that's kind of the key with The Shape of Water. It's just like even Sally Hawkins, who's a wonderful actress, has been nominated before. She's been working in Hollywood and in London for 20 years. So it's just not new. The people that are new are the people that you really cling to. And that's who we really want, and that's who the Academy really wants in the crowd. They want the new faces in the crowd year after year. We want to be able to look to them, not just to Merrill to react. They need right. the new blood to be making the work that is worthy of being nominated, yes, but also to be providing these moments that we remember and we talk about going forward. Anything from this year that you think that we'll be talking about five, ten years from now that didn't get recognized today? I mean, it was a good year for movies. You know, sure. it, it was. And I, I often sound cranky about a lot of these things, um, but my three favorite movies of the year were nominated for Best Picture. I don't remember the last time that happened. That's true. In Lady Bird, Get Out, and Phantom Thread. Um, I do think there's no question Get Out is the one that's going to be the most talked about, but I do think the other movies, Lady Bird and, and Phantom Thread and Call Me By Your Name, are movies that are going to be deeply personal favorites for a lot of people, and we'll be, we'll, they'll carry them with them for a long time. Okay, well, let's talk about going forward. Let's talk about next year. Let's talk about the 2019 Oscars, because we're at the beginning of a year where we wow. already have at least one movie that we made a whole video about. Maybe Black Panther is going to get nominated for Best Picture. It certainly mm-hmm. is got the full attention of the movie going public in a way that few films actually ever do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 2019, give me a Best Picture nomination. Maybe it's just something you're pulling for. It doesn't have to be a lock to, be, to have, have happen. 
feels feels almost certain that Widows will be there, which mm-hmm. is Steve McQueen's new movie that's coming out in November. That is about um, a series of Widows starring Viola Davis. Um, it's it's sort of a movie that's by the right studio, that's by the right filmmaker, who has the pedigree. It's it will fit very neatly into what has been happening in Hollywood over the course of the last six months because it is it is a revenge story as well. Um, and McQueen is a total is a master and acknowledged as such. So I wouldn't be shocked if it showed up there. Don't we, and you know this, of course, far better than I do, but don't we have movies this year, new movies from The Darlings of last year? Don't we have a new Barry Jenkins movie in Beale Street? We do. And Damien Chazelle's First Man, will that be this year? October. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be interesting to see. That was one you were really yeah, interested in. Yeah, do you know who's starring in First Man? Yeah, I do, but I'd l- rather hear you say it's it. Two actors named Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy. It is the year of Claire Foy. Wow. I, I mean, it's been the year of Claire Foy for many years, but I'm extreme, I'm looking forward to Bow that to one. to the crown. Yeah, I also love a 60s space movie, so. Has anything, any- Sean, has anything emerged from, I guess we've only had Sundance with other um, film festivals to come. Has anything emerged? Because the weird thing about the way this works is this time last year, I guess Lady Bird hadn't premiered yet. But no. So obviously there are movies that will be nominated that we don't know about. But has anything already start, started to catch fire? The only one that I can really think of is Sorry to Bother You, which is directed by Boots Riley, who is the MC yeah. of The Coup, mm-hmm. uh, which sure. stars Lakeith Stanfield and, and had a, a really warm reception and I think was purchased by Neon and... Excuse me, it was funded by Annapurna and is rolling out. And there's been a lot of positive conversation about that. Sundance isn't quite the, even though Get Out and Call Me By Your Name both premiered there, is not quite the Oscar star maker that it mm-hmm. once was, though. And so this Wh- year, was that especially. A Whiplash kind of came out of Sundance a few years ago, but, that's, but one of the last ones that really. Like what? What wire to wire, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, call me by your yeah. name. The the narrative started instantaneously, mm-hmm. even more so than the Get Out narrative. I feel like when people saw Chalamet, mm-hmm. they were like, "That kid, best actor!" Mm-hmm. Instantaneously. But there there are not very many films this year. I'm sure there will be several documentaries that are up for it. One thing that's worth talking about, and I, you know, I, I'm going to remain agnostic as to whether Black Panther will get a nomination mm-hmm. or even if it deserves it. But along with Get Out, there is an increasing attention to the way that movies can elevate and excite and exhilarate people beyond like, oh, I can't, what, what's Thor going to do with only one eye? You sure. know what I mean? Like some sense of collective, <laughs> sure. like we are all seeing this movie, we're going to go see it and we're going to talk about it and it's going to engage us. And I think it's really worth noting that even though Get Out didn't win, we are certainly talking about it more now and we're going to be talking about it more going forward than The Post, which is fine. The sure. Post is a fine yeah. film, but The Post is Oscar bait mm. and designed as such and sold as such and presented as such. And it was a complete afterthought tonight. Which, again, I don't mean any disrespect to it as a movie, but it's, I do think there might be some trend shifting there in terms of what we talk about as an Oscar movie and what we look to as a probable Oscar yeah. movie. Yeah, the, uh, the ones that I would, was just going to shout out, I was going to say that I think we might see some Brad Pitt next year. Um, Ad Astra, which is a film by James right. Gray, it's currently shooting, or I think it's wrapping up now. And, you know, typically, in the last couple of years, there's been a slot for a uh, prestige space movie, whether it's Gravity, whether it's The Martian. This, obviously, will probably be a little artier than those two or maybe a little bit more ponderous but Brad Pitt as a spaceman directed by James Gray I'm there he's also I'm, I don't know if this is coming out next year or this year oh, the Once Tarant- Upon a Time in Tarantino. Hollywood mm-hmm. 19? Unclear Okay wow. so we might have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by the end of the year as well so that's a new Quentin Tarantino film with Leonardo DiCaprio into caps Yeah so wow. we'll see I don't know What a time What a time <laughs> uh, Guys anything else you want to say to take us out? Before the end of the Oscar and the Oscars after party, any closing thoughts? You've been our space man. This is incredible. Yeah, walking do, on the moon today. Do yeah. we have to say Oscars 2018? Like, are we really we're, we're really going to be saying 2000 now? 2000 forward. and 18. 2018. 2018 AD. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Well, that's the twist <laughs> at the end of our movie. Um, I just want to say thank you to Amanda. Thank you, thank Chris. Thank you to Sean and Andy. Thank you to Kobe Bryant for co-directing my film yeah. with me. It and meant a lot. Congratulations. I just to, wanted to, to say that, dear to basketball, <laughs> you've meant so much to me. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you so much, guys. It was a lot of fun. The four hours went by like five minutes. <laughs> You're the winner tonight. <laughs> thank you guys for listening to The Watch. For Andy Greenwald, Sean Fennessy, and Amanda Dobbins, we will be back on Thursday with the re-up. Happy Oscars. Today's episode of The Watch was brought to you by Hotel Tonight. I can't tell you how much I have been loving Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight helps you book amazing deals at great hotels. And even though the name is Hotel Tonight, you can actually book up to 100 days in advance in top destinations and up to a week in advance everywhere else. They work with cool top-rated hotels and don't feature those long, endless lists of options that you have to scroll through. Instead, they show you a select list of the best deals at the best hotels at any given time. So start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. Download the Hotel Tonight app now. Today's episode of The Watch was also brought to you by Mack Weldon. Whatever you are wearing right now, Mack Weldon is better. Mack Weldon is a men's essentials brand that believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. They also have amazing t-shirts, which I have copped several of, and they are in the rotation. They even have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they will refund you, no questions asked. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using promo code WATCH. Today's episode of The Watch was brought to you by Hulu's newest original series, The Looming Tower, based on the Pulitzer Prize winning book by Lawrence Wright. This limited series traces the rising threat of Osama bin Laden and how the rivalry between the FBI and the CIA may have set a path for the tragedy of 9-11. Starring Emmy winner Jeff Daniels, Golden Globe nominee Peter Sarsgaard, and Tahar Rahim as Ali Sufan, The Looming Tower is available now only on Hulu.